When you're facing a situation where you're trying to live on mission and make disciples as a lifestyle in your home, start where you're at and with what you can do rather than focusing on your limitations. Discipleship starts in your home and it works its way out through your relationships. So I just suggest that you focus on your own home and table and your kids first. That's how we coach all the folks we coach to do. That's got to start there and do the outward missions with others and other families and community that are together making disciples of friends and your people of peace. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, Thanksgiving's coming. What are you guys doing? I know you guys usually do the big Team K thing, but are you staying in town? Are you guys renting a beach loft somewhere? No, we're staying in town, okay. and it's going to be a little different this year because some of Team K, at least DNA-bearing Team K, yeah. <laughs> are going to be out of town, and so we're going to be uh-huh. shy a few members. So yeah, we're looking to fill those spaces, right, with yeah. more or you know additional Team K members. But no, it's always a big thing, and for us, it's not usually a meal. It's at least a day. Yeah, you guys go. Like, Christmas has gone to three or four days. And like, yeah, so it's, well, because people are all coming and going and there's different time and people of peace don't all fit into necessarily our schedules. And we'll say, well, we're going to do a brunch. And so anyway, so yeah, no, that, I'm man. looking forward to it though. How about you? Yep. Staying local. We always do the, the tree after the day of Thanksgiving. And so I mean, we've got oh. a little rhythm. We actually have our holiday lights up on the house already. We yeah, we want them up for Thanksgiving this year, so not just like a week before Christmas or something. And you do take them down throughout the year, right? They're yeah, just, oh yeah. They're not leftovers from No, me. they're not. They're not <laughs> yeah. Not like my aunt whose Christmas tree had been up for like 35 years, you know? <laughs> it's so funny. I was talking to a coworker literally uh, three or four months ago, and he still had his tree when we were video called him. He still has it. He lives in San Diego. He leaves his tree up all year because he's like, I don't want to take it down. I kind of think Tina would if I let her. Really? I let her, like, I mean, you know, on charges. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. if I didn't have objections. <laughs> she might do it. It might just drift and drift, like, for a really long time. <laughs> you should just let she it go on your see where it ends up. She just, no, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, like, she kind of likes twinkle lights. Like, if every tree in life had little white sparkly lights, it would make her happy. Oh, that's, yeah. It's like a Hallmark movie, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, today we are talking uh, about living on mission, even when your spouse isn't into it, right? And, yeah. Uh, I know that was kind of a hard break into this, but I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. super excited to talk about this because oftentimes, I know you get questions, I get questions from people saying, how do I live more missionally in my life or in my neighborhood? Yeah. But it does seem often that we hear that there's this lack of agreement in marriages when it comes to this topic. Yeah. I actually had a guy on Facebook messaging me the other day just saying like, I'm all in, my wife's not at all. Yep. What I had someone do? stand up at the conference I was at last week teaching. Same story. And the same story. They're like, 100% bought in. Husband's yeah. not. <laughs> and I wonder, I, I think maybe it's because it's, you know, this missional life is really an all-in sort of lifestyle, right? Well, that's a big part of it. And, I, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all problem or solution. I think, as, as we talked about this, and as we thought through this, I think there's two possible issues here, and this is how we're going to have to sort of subdivide and conquer on this, if you will. I think you've got where you've got an unbelieving spouse. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're not like all about making disciples of Jesus. Sure. Okay, so that's one sort of situation that I'm sure some of our listeners today are saying, yep, that's sort of how it is for us in our household. Yep. Um, I grew up in a household where my mom was very much about our faith and took us to, you know, to, to church services and 
was super faithful about it. My dad never went. Like maybe mm. once a year, I'm sure before he's like a priester. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Christmas and Easter, but not usually both, right? And so that's one situation. So someone's listening to this show, they're reading books, they're you know all about like living on mission, making disciples, but their spouse is not even involved, right? Mm. Then you've got the second situation where your spouse is a Christian, but they're not into missional living. Okay. They're just not. They're like... I don't know, we go to church on Sunday, I'm busy, you know, I'm providing sure. for the family or like, you know, I have my job or whatever, you know, yep, so just can't do it. Yeah, they're not going to do it. Right. So those I think are the two possible issues there. And they're very, very different. Now okay. to kind of, to kind of speak to this from, from scripture a little bit, and, and this is not a verse that usually gets applied to this, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I think it does. First Corinthians seven, Verses 12 to 14 says, check this out, it says, if any brother has a wife who's not a believer and she's willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. So this is a very commonly quoted divorce passage, okay? Sure. And if a woman has a husband who's not a believer, but he's willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Verse 14 goes on and says, and this is a part I think speaks to today's topic as well a little bit. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Hmm. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they're holy. Now, what's going on here? And people have debated, like, sanctified mean, wait a minute, if you've got a believing spouse, then then the husband's, you know, the wife believes the husband's automatically saved. No, the words sanctified and holy come from the same root, and they both mean sort of set apart. Sure. Set apart for what? For God's use, for God's glory. We've talked about over and over on the show that the eternal purpose of God and why we make disciples of Jesus, who make more disciples of Jesus, is that God is has always been about filling the world with his glory, what mm. he's like. And so what Paul is talking about here to the Corinthians, he's saying, listen, even if there's just one of you in the marriage who's in Christ, a believer, the other spouse has been sanctified. They've been set apart as well, and so have your kids, meaning I still have plans for you to bring me glory. Yeah. So you're not sort of off the hook, as it were, right? Sure. And so even though this is wrapped into a passage that's often just quoted purely about divorce, I think when we talk about the household where you've got one spouse who's a believer and one who's not, that, that household has still been set apart, sanctified for God's glory, and you can count on it that he is just like, you know, like we both enjoy living with spouses that are believers and on sure. mission with us, but... Uh, that household where it's only one, God still has a plan. It's still set apart for his glory. You get to make disciples. It might just look differently. Hmm. And we're going to talk about how that might look, right? So yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Now, there's also the second scenario where your spouse is a Christian, but not into the missional living, like we've already mentioned. And that's where most of our talk today will probably land, mm -hmm. okay? Though you're going to see there's some really surprising similarities to both types of situations, Okay. Believing spouse, not believing spouse, but either way, they're not into making disciples and living on mission. So there's a lot of similarities in how we approach living on mission in both those circumstances. You know, and as I was thinking about this, um, and we were kind of working on the on the topic ahead of time, I was thinking about when I was first uh, kind of introduced to this missional living thing. It was actually a conference that you and Jeff and Hugh were speaking at in, Al in Huntsville, Alabama. And I came back really excited, as did a bunch of other of the people that went with us. And their spouses came back and they're like, oh, you guys are just, it's a new, it's a new fad. It's a new trend, this missional thing. Yeah. I think it might be a new definition to the church, uh, but I, mm. it doesn't seem like Jesus ever really gives anybody an out from living missionally or from making disciples, right? 
Well, exactly. There's there's not. It's just that we maybe we don't know it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But the 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 call and the command to to as I'm Jesus is leaving, he says, "Listen now, go and make disciples." And baptize them in their identity, right? Baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's all family language. And then he gives us the mission, right? Go and make disciples all over the whole world, yeah. everywhere, every neighborhood, every tongue, every you know, every tribe, every nation. And so really, and, and I, I think some Christians believe there's two kinds of believers. Okay. There's those who are disciples of Jesus. Yep. And they believe in him as Savior and Lord. They've confessed it with their mouth and tongue, and you're right. And yep. so they're saying. Then there's those who go, I confess it, but I'm not his disciple. I don't see that in Scripture, hmm. and I will strongly stand on that. I don't see that there's any kind of two kinds of Christians in Scripture. Sure. I just don't see yeah, you it. Can't divide them out. I think there's there's obedient and there's not. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes though our obedience might be hindered because we've been led to not understand the full big gospel. Sure. That in fact why we've been saved, the purpose of the gospel was that we would now be caught up into God's eternal purpose of making disciples of Jesus who fill the world with Jesus, with his That's glory. What he's like, yeah. yeah, what he's like. And so, no, I don't think anyone gets a pass on that if they're in Christ, if they're a believer. And I think it's actually good news for a believing spouse who says, but my husband's not. I think it's good news to know, yeah, but your husband and your kids are all sanctified. They're all set apart for this mission, for God's glory, either way. So take heart. Like God's got it. He's in control. Yeah. Which, guess what? There's a similarity too. Even if we're like in a marriage where one spouse is just like, for whatever reason, not engaging mission, they're not engaging discipleship, right. they don't want to live this as a lifestyle, God's still got it. <laughs> yep. It's still all him. He has to do it. The Holy Spirit's the primary discipler of our hearts and of people. So there's a lot of overlap. Now, there's different like actual challenges that come from either of those yeah. or not. Just really depends on the relationship. That's why said earlier, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So when I think of the commands of Jesus, and I think of, of what's been asked of us, things that we get to do because he's asked, one of them is, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the second one that pops to mind is go and make disciples. And so uh, knowing that our call, the, the mandate that Jesus has given us is to go and make disciples, if we're not doing that, I have to believe that there's just, there's a couple things that are going on possibly, maybe more, but the two that pop up in my head are either some sort of ignorance because we don't really teach this go and make disciples much in the church anymore. Kind of already played that hand, yeah, Yeah, it's right? like, now get them to church. You know, it's all about getting them saved, getting them out of hell and into heaven, and stop there, and yeah. Yeah, or what I think the other thing is, is that there's there's some sort of deep unbelief in people's hearts that that doesn't allow them to grab a hold of this like missional, incarnational impulse of Jesus. So what areas do you think uh, unbelief pop up in when people have been exposed to the incarnational way of Jesus, but choose not to live that way? Well, it, wow, great question. It goes right to the heart of the issue, the thing behind the thing, right? I think that there could be many. But okay. like first one that came to mind was um, I'm living with a false belief that my life is in Christ is my own. Hmm. My time's my own. That's my calendar. That's, that's my good. schedule. That's my stuff. This is my house. Yep. I, I'll put an or on it, honey, because I don't want to you know, exclude you. This is sure. our house. This is our schedule. You know. <laughs> Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, but that's 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 not even true. That's not what Scripture teaches. It's like in Christ, it's all, yep. right? It, our all life in. has died now, and Christ is our life, yep. right? And so it's false belief, but often, as long as we appear to be good people and a good Christian, and we show up, you know, 2.7 times a month on Sunday mornings, sure. and we give a little, like, we're considered in, we're good, yeah. we're gold. But 
but it's not your schedule. It's not your. Also, we might we might be, not be believing the gospel that has both the power that saves us, mm. right? That that the cross uh, and on the cross, Jesus took upon himself our death, mm. right, and exchanged his perfect life that we might live that life. Now we don't believe that. We, we kind of like the part where we avoid punishment or hell or something, but we don't really believe that there was a life exchange. Sure. And we don't also know the purpose of the gospel. In other words, why we've been saved. There's an unbelief there that there was a purpose. It wasn't mm. just to wait around. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just to kind of hang out in holy huddles and wait for it. So we don't we don't know that. There also could be uh, we're living with um, unbelief about who's the most glorious person mm. that deserves all of our, our honor and then whose opinion of us is the only one that matters. And yep. so if we feel like there's if there's a great love of self and fear of man, that's the issue of unbelief we're dealing with, then I don't I don't want to live this way because what if people don't like it? Or what if people mm. say no? Or sure. or what if it starts to cut into my comfort zone? Or what if I'm called to lead in ways that I don't know what I'm doing? Or right? Yep. And so I love me more than I love God's glory. Or I, I love that person's approval. In fact, anybody, everyone's approval more than more I God's, love yeah. God and his glory. So there is a whole lot of things. It'd be we'd have to go down the list of every human emotion. But you know, going back and even thinking through the four G's, which we've talked about quite a few times in the show, where God is great. Yep. So I don't have to be in control. God is glorious, so I don't have to fear others. God is good, so I don't have to look elsewhere for my satisfaction. There's a big one. We might not be believing that God's that good. So I'm just busy, busy, busy trying to provide this perfect dream life of all the stuff and Hmm. now and bigger, faster, louder and more of it and all that. And we're not believing God's grace that there's nothing we have to prove or earn. So we get to kind of try and suck forward and lead people just a foot behind us and we're we're learning and and how grace is transforming our lives and all. So if we don't believe any of that, even if we're in Christ and we go, I believe he died on the cross, he's Lord and he's Savior, but we don't understand and believe all of that, then it's very easy to hide behind that and or just live in ignorance and fear yeah, and self-love and all that stuff. You know, and I'm thinking too, like all Christians get to live missionally. All it Christians Get to, keyword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have to, right? You get to live missionally, you get to make disciples, and that's regardless of whether or not your spouse wants to do it. Uh, and there's excuses like I Yeah, can't. unless you're locked in like in a cell. Yeah. Like you get to make disciples. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Paul, I think Paul did it even in a cell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sorry. I'm wrong. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've heard excuses like, well, I can't do that in my workplace or my circle of friends. That doesn't make it happen very well. But, but we get to bring the whole family on mission. And when we do that, though, it really does take a lot of agreement between spouses, right? This is, it's hard to do when you don't have the approval or the, uh, the excitement of the other. Of course. And that's heartbreaking. It really is. And I think sometimes our first discipleship starts in the home, right? Of course, right? Yeah. Now, fortunately, just as a side here, fortunately, I've not had anyone contact us who was in a situation where their spouse is trying to forbid this lifestyle. Sure. You know, I forbid you to have anyone yeah, in the I've home. I've not heard that either, yeah. You're like, holy cow, that sounds like being a prisoner, like kidnapping, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but rather, they don't participate, right? Mm. And that's heartbreaking. Or I've had someone recently tell me, well, my husband, uh, his countenance like, because he's just not into it at all, and he's a bit of an alcoholic. His countenance around the house is a deterrent to their to our house being a place of hope and grace mm-hmm. and family for others, right? Sure. But just remember, discipleship starts in your home, and it works its way out through relationship. So that's what I suggest right away: is that you focus on your own home and your table, and if you've got kids, then your kids first. That's mm-hmm. how we counsel everybody that we coach. Is like, start there. Don't try to talk anybody else, maybe including even your spouse <laughs> just yeah. yet, into something that you're not living. You get to. So 
if if your wife's not into it, like you said, someone you know recently you know commented on that, like yeah, I'm all I'm all in, but my wife's not I'm down board with it. Start to lead your family, like mm. have a different type of family dinner night or something, right? Yeah. Start to go, you know, you know what's going on at your table. How are you tucking the kids in? Are you praying with them? How, how are you speaking their identity and God's truth over their lives? Yeah. Like start there before, like I'm so bummed, you know, I can't, right? And yep. and you might need to do the outward missions with others and other families in your community where like their household is a place of peace, you know, mm-hmm. and both spouses are on board. Yeah. So it might be for a season, you've got to focus on home yeah, and do the outward with others where their home can be part of that outward. And and that's where you go. So it's a good point, man. I hadn't considered that even. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got to start, we got to start at home. Discipleship always starts in the home. Yeah. So like if, if we're not there yet, but we're super worried about, you know, what we aren't doing. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we were talking about was providing some steps that we can encourage people in, yeah. steps to take. When they're in a situation where their spouse has really no desire to pursue this lifestyle, uh, and it's a good reminder that this is not, it's not a deal breaker, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a deal breaker. It's like my, you know, my wife or my husband's not into it. Yeah. Or they're not yet a believer. You know, they're not antagonistic to it, but, you know, it's sort of me and the kids and yeah. my friends, right? Let's give them some steps to take moving forward. Okay, so um, this list is, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff, and we're going to move pretty quick. I mean, like, we'll... We'll kind of talk through it, but there's a lot here. I was really tried to, I mean, my heart breaks in this situation. So, but this list is going to be primarily focused on someone who's got a believing spouse, but they're not interested in it. Okay. But like I said earlier, many of the same things and attitude and posture applies if your spouse is not yet a follower of Jesus. Hmm. Right. So first thing I'd say is find a trusted person of the same sex. Okay. So if you're a guy, find a guy. If your sister, listen to this, find another sister, find another lady. And pray regularly for your spouse to trust Jesus and or to believe the truth of the gospel in regards in regards to discipleship as a lifestyle. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like really, really, you know, really pray about this. And somebody's yeah. like, well, I've kind of, I prayed about it. Like, are you praying about it like daily? Like, is this, if this is really on your heart and God's gripped your heart for discipleship and mission, pray for your spouse to come to faith or pray for them to move out of unbelief in regards to whose life this is when it comes to discipleship and mission and all that. You know, and the beautiful thing about having somebody else there like that you're praying with is they're oftentimes able to speak to the situation. When you're yeah. dis- when you're like when you're kind of like, man, discouraged, this isn't working Under out. It, yeah. Oftentimes they're like, man, look at the progress that's happened in the last 6 months. You were here, now you're here. And so I think yeah, find that trusted person. Yep. It's great. And I, and I, and I know it's, it sounds sometimes too easy like, well, yeah, I know I got to start with prayer. It's like, no, no, really. Yeah, do it because <laughs> God changes these things and he's more concerned with his glory than we ever will be okay yep. second thing think about this grow in your own gospel fluency hmm. so that your words and life is good news to your family and spouse That's good so often we don't have really a whole lot of good news in us like that that anybody else needs <laughs> yeah. just yet because our gospel is still so small it's primarily about getting people to church and then waiting for you know Jesus to return or something but growing in our own gospel fluency the ability to speak and live and, and enjoy the good news in all of life if you're if you're growing in that guess what that's leaking all over your spouse as well absolutely right so as you're gospeling your kids as the way you're talking to friends and others are in the house and when it's good news not just good advice that gospel doesn't return void yep it just doesn't you're right man okay number three okay next thing um I really want to encourage you to live in an understanding way with your spouse. First Peter 3, 7 says that, you know, like live in in an understanding way. Mm-hmm. So try and discern what the thing behind the thing, we touched on this just a bit already, try to discern what the thing behind the thing is that's keeping your spouse from engaging in mission with you. Hmm. 
Because guess what? The gospel speaks to the issue. Now, you see how prayer and gospel fluency flows into this third one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because if you can if you can live in an understanding way, if you can figure out what that, whoa, what's that barrier, then you can t- begin to address specifics instead of just generalities, hmm. right? You can, so like if the person's an introvert, you know, or they're just hiding behind that, or they, I'm just too busy, right? You know, but if you can figure out what's the thing behind that and you can address it, that's what changes. It's not actions that have to change first. It's always the heart yep. and the belief behind it, okay? Yep. And so um, general vague arguments about this probably never help. And by the way, if you're doing this, stop shoulding all over your spouse. Yeah. Hey, you word. know, we, we should be doing this. We should, do, you know, like it, that's shame and should and yep. supposed to. That's never going to change it. So, amen. Okay. Cool. Number four. Four. If your spouse is not into this, but, you know, they claim to be a believer, they're, you know, they are, they're Christian, treat your spouse as an unbeliever in that area since that's what they are. Yep. Right. And that kind of flows right out of the last one. If you figure that out, then you're going to treat them as an unbeliever. How do you treat an unbeliever? Unbeliever? With grace, with patience, yep. with gentleness, with patience, kindness, with yeah. more patience, <laughs> kindness, <laughs> right? And what's your next invitation and challenge? We've talked about that before on the show. Yep. Like, what's how are you banking trust and invitation with them, and then some challenge to try new things, hmm. right? So, in some ways, that's exactly what you have to do with an unbelieving spouse, right? Yeah. You've got to treat them with patience and grace. And you've got to be banking invitation and little small challenges of trust that they have steps they can take. So, right? That's good. Um, If possible, I would suggest that couples get together and read my book, Transformed. And this isn't a plug for the book as much as it's going to really help. As you discuss together the questions at the end of each chapter, it's going to help really unearth identity, what's true of us in Christ, and how we get to live this out. It's not a how-to book. It's never going to poke anybody in the chest. There's no shooting in that book. But here's what it'll do. It, it'll help get you on the same page, and it'll help your spouse to see, kind of quote-unquote, what you're really talking about. Because chances are, when you're talking about living on mission and living with a more open home and making disciples as a lifestyle, there's probably real lack of clarity there. And yeah. what's that mean? And what's going to happen there? And so when there's not clarity, there's fear. So... Yep. um by reading that book together, it might really, really help. You know, and, one of the things that I love about that book too, and I've heard from so many people, is that it just paints a picture of what life could be like, and the stories, and it's beautiful, and it's fun, and and there's some real hard parts in there too. Yeah, sometimes it sucks because of this. But, yeah, but here's how the gospel speaks to that. And by the way, too, for for a lot of spouses, um, this idea of living with an open home and living on mission and helping people, you know, move towards God and the kingdom, they just, they, they, it just drums up every bad of, you know, evangelism class or experience they've ever had. So just, you know, side note to reading through transform together is take this heavy getting people saved thing out of the picture. Hmm. Like, you know, let your spouse know that's not is we're not trying to heavy hand anybody. This is about discipleship and help people see and taste the good news of the kingdom in every area of life as we're helping you move from unbelief to believe. Amen. Okay. So for some people, that's the thing. And they they wouldn't even know how to articulate it, but they feel like, oh man, I don't want to be heavy on everybody. I don't want to be beaten on everybody I know. You know? Yeah. It's like, no, that's not it. We're trying to live here at our table and in our home a way that just shows off Jesus and invites others to learn how to do the same as we walk with them. We're not yep. perfect. They're not perfect. We're not getting heavy on anybody. We're offering the life that Jesus offers us. It's beautiful, man. All right, number six. Okay, big one here. Start where you're at and with what you can do, 
rather than focusing on what you can't do and on limitations. So often that's how it is. It's like, well, tell me what you're, you know, people are like, I can't, people do the same thing with their church, by the way, though, we get this all the time. Lots of emails. I've been listening to the podcast. I read your book, uh, you know, and I just, our church is never going to do this Hmm. or my pastor's not into it. And we've talked about that before. It's like, wait a minute. Are, are you locked in a cage and they're forbidding you <laughs> sure. a penalty of death? I mean, like, don't focus on what you think you can't do and on limitations, but start with things like start doing a family dinner night, like a real special one that is just full of grace. And there's, you know, and, and we have teaching and all this stuff too, right? And, and start going through the story of God with your kids mm. at that table, maybe with some other neighborhood kids. Maybe you start a backyard club. You know, during the summer and you have oh, yeah. like a certain day or two of the week where kids come over and they do some crafts and you take them through the story of God and you cook some stuff together and you eat lunch and it's there, right? Like no one's stopping you. So like even if you have an unbelieving spouse and you're like, they're way not into this stuff and it's very hard to do the stuff in my house. Well, maybe when they're at work, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe uh, same type of idea. You can do a weekly brunch for like neighborhood moms or you have a you know a weekly breakfast where you get together with a bunch of guys in your neighborhood yeah. because it's just not conducive at your house. Maybe your spouse is like just still flipped out about having a perfect house or whatever. They yep. want anybody in it or whatever. Sure. You know, and you start to set up a predictable pattern where like, no, no, you know what? God's using us right where we're at, uh, changing what's happening at my own table. Hmm. We're doing things when I can so it's not flipping out my spouse. Um, I, I would encourage you to find your place, like a third place in, you know, in life where okay. you build friendships and sort of become a regular there. So like a cafe or a pub or the gym sure. or that certain park that everybody hangs at. Right. Yeah. And be good news there. Build mm. relationships. Be a regular that the staff knows you and they're looking out for you and they want to introduce you to people. And maybe you're, you know, paying for the coffee behind this person yeah. behind you or something or buying around. I don't know. But. Start where you're at, and there's a lot of things you can do and say, well, but I really want to be doing this whole thing in the evening and have people around and do meals and all that. Well, maybe that's going to come, hmm. and maybe you need to do that with others in community, right? Yeah. And so you can do it at their home, some of those things. So Those are some great, great tips. Okay. Next thing here, ultimately, discipleship happens in community. So I kind of just already tipped my hand to that. If there's a missional community that you can be a part of, Or other Christian couples that also want to live on mission like this and make disciples, maybe you can partner with them. Yeah. So your partner's not fully involved, but they're not like locking you in a closet. So, you know, so maybe through your church or maybe just through, you know, the Facebook group here for the Everyday Disciple podcast. We've had people finding each other like crazy in lots of cities and going, oh, people I can do life with. I'm not crazy, you know? So discipleship ultimately is going to happen in community. Anyway, ultimately to get to get to maturity. So sure, we want to start where we're at and meeting with people, even if it's one to one or a handful of people, like I said, for a brunch or like a men's coffee or breakfast thing or something. But maybe you can partner with others that are already living that way. Hmm. And and there there again, be good news in the ways you get to. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And let me ask you this. Is your spouse okay if you engage with others in community and at your home, even though they're not into it? So bums you out. Hmm. We for years and I won't give their names, but some really close friends of ours in Tacoma, the husband was all about it. And the wife was like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not into it. I don't want to discuss why not. I, and she had been raised a Christian, was sure. super all about it. And then one day not. And, huh. and literally it was, it was like dumbfounding. Wouldn't talk about it. Wow. It was like, and, you know, and he had tried everything like sure. niceness and arguing and, you know, like silent, all that, you know. Yep. So finally he said, well, but she doesn't limit what I do here. 
And so we would we did parties there, and he would host meals, and we were you know doing the story, and everybody and she would be around, but as soon as we kind of got to spiritual things, she would disappear, you know, huh. go up to her room or whatever, right? But everybody was loving on her, and there was sure. good news in the home, and there was gentleness, and there yeah. was generosity, and eventually, yeah, the story I got thing I keep hearing about. I, I think I want to I think I want in on that. Well, you get to yeah, and Come that, on. and that's what flipped it for her, and huh. she finally believed who God was and what God said was true of her. Wow. And it changed everything. And then she's 100% in on everything. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And we already knew her and loved her like a sister. And she was a Christian, but she didn't want in. Hmm. So so hmm. I guess the way I'd end this whole list of things with, with that story is I'd say be patient. Yeah. Because even that seemed like literally he was pulling his hair out. Yeah. I know, that, was, I know that story. Yeah, it, And she was great, but yeah. didn't want anything to do with it. Yep. Zero. And we just, but Keep because going. she wasn't forbidding it in the home kind of thing, he's like, well, you know what? I'm not going to force her, but we're just going to love. This is going to be a house of love. And the yep. kids were kind of involved. And, and yeah. eventually, so be patient. Take Trust time. God for this. He's the ultimate disciple of our hearts and it has to change us. And, and, and Paul, you know, Paul's beautiful prayer for people was, I pray that our Father God will grant them repentance mm-hmm. unto salvation. So, you know, what's that mean, repentance? It doesn't mean feel bad about stuff. Sure. It means new way of thinking and, then, and living in light of that. So God grants that, apparently. So let's be in prayer for our believing and not yet believing spouses, that God would grant them repentance, new mind, new understanding, new hope, unto salvation, meaning freedom in this in, the, in all of life, really, but in yeah. these ways as well. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. That's plenty. <laughs> it's plenty, but we got even more. Let's get to the big three for this week, uh, which is the, the printable PDF for free you get by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. They're available as a download. And these are the three takeaways, if nothing else, we want you to walk away with from today's episode. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Okay, big three um, is don't miss this. Be diligent in prayer. Talk to God about your spouse more than you talk to your spouse about this issue Yeah. for right now. Like if you've tried it and maybe you're not as fluent in the gospel yet, or it's, it's a little shitty or a little shitty, you know, yeah. ask God how you can best live in an understanding way with your spouse and for the spirit of God to show you the thing behind the thing that's keeping them from engaging in the mission together with you and as a family. Hmm. Okay. Address those things in time in person, but with the gospel. Right, no shooting your spouse over this. It's not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number two. Okay, two. God loves you and knows your heart and the challenges you're facing. Yeah. And like I've said, my heart breaks for folks that are are like, my spouse isn't into it. They're not doing it. Yeah. God loves you more than I ever will, and He knows your heart and what you're facing. So we can never earn another drop more of God's love and affection by our actions or our inactions, and that goes for our spouse too. But we may be missing out on loads of blessings that he has for us as we live as good news for others. Yep. So our good and great father will guide you and show you his love through the relationships you have and that you're building for his glory. Amen. He really will. Yeah, amen. Number three. Okay, number three. Um, start where you're at. We'll say it again, right? Start where you're at and with what you can do rather fo- than focusing on what you can't do. Hmm. Start having a great and special weekly family dinner night together. Maybe you can introduce the story of God for kids into this new rhythm. You can get that on my CaesarKalinowski.com site. Um, Your kids and your spouse will be changed by the story, Hmm. and so will you. And if possible, and your spouse is up for it, read the book Transform Together. It's it's all narratives and story. It's going to really give you an easy and non-threatening way to discuss a lot of what's on your heart and paint that picture. 
and answer those questions at the end, it's going to help your house spouse to really see what you're talking about and what you're trying to move towards and take a lot of the fear out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to help you grow closer together and to God as you as you d- dive into these things together. Yeah. Okay. Amen. All right. Thanks for the big three. Again, if you want those as a downloadable link for free, you get them by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, and we'll put them right into your inbox. Hey, if you haven't yet joined the Facebook group, everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, just while we were recording this episode, I admitted four more people into the group. Well, there you go. So boom, we're growing. And you know what else too? If you've not subscribed to the show so that you don't miss it, so either in iTunes or in Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts, would you please do the, the subscription thing and then leave us a review? Yeah. Especially if you'll jump over to iTunes. Almost everybody has an iTunes account for one reason or another. Yeah. And you just go to Everyday Disciple Podcast. Search that up. Give us a bunch of stars and just a few words of endorsement really, really help. And by yep. the way, it just encourages the heck out of Heath and I. <laughs> we <laughs> love reading them. So please do. Yeah. And, we, and we like to, we try to read them all online on the show if we can. Yeah. So, so please do that. I know it takes time. And if you're driving and everything, you got to, you know, listen and do it later, right? But try, we love to. So join the group, give us a review and subscribe. And, uh, and we'll keep trying to give you the, you know, the best we can every the week. Best Monday morning school. podcast we can give you. <laughs> hey, next week we're going to talk about letting your redemption show. It's a different sort of angle than we've taken. And not hiding your imperfection, right? But, but the value of why we want to let our redemption show. Yeah, so join us next week for that one. I'm really looking forward to that. Hope you'll be here. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.